0: next chapter podcasts.
1: Won't you let me walk you home from school?
0: Oh, I mean, so we've been doing this for like a year and a half and I don't think there's ever been a song that just got me right back to middle school to all those feelings of being a Young Little Skadoodle. The song is 13. It's by Big Star off their 1972 album, number one record. It's also number 434 out of 500 on the Spotify Ridge, the 500, with me, the King Cadougal, Josh Adam Myers. What's up, you Cadougalyspooglies? It's great here in Los Angeles, man. It is perfect right now. It's Oscar season. It's rainy out. I had a fucking fun week. I went to go see Mr. Bungle this week. Oh, my God. No one told me it was going to be all death metal. I had no idea they were covering this like this thrash metal album. I thought they were going to do like Pink Cigarette. Doesn't make a difference. Incredible show. I love Mike Patton. And then the next night, I went to go see Ben Ottowell and Ian Ball from Gomez at the Bootleg Theater. And Ian was sick. And then Ben was gonna do a solo show and I was like "Ah, I wanna see both of them and then at the last second cause I was almost not gonna go I was literally in the bath and then I was like you know what I'm going and I drove down there and I'm gonna tell you guys this I was so blown away by Ben Otterwell And his solo performance. I have to get him on the podcast. I don't know if you guys know about Gomez. They're an incredible band. It's funny that we're doing Big Star this week and I went to go see Gomez because I feel like there is a little bit of a correlation between the two. But I have no idea. That's why I'm doing this podcast and that's why I got to ask him. All right, let's find out about this album because, man, oh, man, did it sit in my cajonies and fluctuate my squidibbles. Does anybody understand what I'm saying? You guys got it? Released in August of 1972, this is the debut album by Memphis, Tennessee, Power Pop, Trailblazers, Big Star. Number one record is the second of three Big Star albums that are going to be on this list. And if you missed the first one, we did it 449 with Chris Garcia. That's where we did the third album. Way different than this one. Way different. Now, the founding Big Star members, Chris Bell and Alex Chilton, they met when they were 13 years old. And they were obsessed with the Beatles and the British Invasion when they burst on the American music scene. And inspired by the Beatles, Chilton found a little bit of commercial success as a teenage superstar as the frontman to the 1967 Memphis Blue-eyed Soul group, the Box Tops. You might know their music. It goes like this: It goes, <laughs> buy me a ticket from a do Ain't no time you, Boba Deeba Do. Mama a a a a Baby, My Mama so cool gonna ride you a letter. I don't know if I said any of the words right, but you knew the song. When the box stops broke up, Alex Chilton spent 1970 in New York and attempted a solo album before returning to Memphis in 71, where he sought out old musician friend, vocalist and guitarist, Chris Bell. Bell invited Chilton to join Icewater, a band he formed with drummer vocalist Jody Stevens, bassist vocalist Andy Hummel, and keyboardist vocalist Terry Manning. All of them sing, that's what I'm getting from this. They all sing, they can't just be, hey I just play keyboards, do you sing? Yeah, you're in the band, because we need more vocalists. Prior to Icewater, Bell and Stevens played in a band called Rock City and made one album that got shelved. The cool thing is, some of both of those band's songs made the cut for number one record. In 1972, Icewater went to Arden Studios to record their debut album, and in the process changed their name to Big Star after the Memphis area grocery store chain, where between sessions, the band would often go to get some snacky-dacks. Big Star's debut, named number one record, was released that August. Although the record was well-received by so many critics, their distribution company, a black soul label, Stax Records, struggled to market a white guitar group hindering Big Star's commercial appeal. Number one record only sold about 10,000 records upon its initial release, and they were all bought up by Alex Chilton's Aunt Gertie. I have no idea if that's true. In frustration as well as a history of clinical depression and substance abuse, Chris Bell left the band to pursue a solo career. Chilton, Stevens, and Hummel carried on for another record, but after similar distribution issues, Hummel also quit. The two remaining members recorded a project before breaking up in 1975. The project wasn't released until 78 as the third and final Big Star record. Sadly, that same year, Chris Bell died in a car accident on his way home from band rehearsal. But Big Star went on to influence countless musicians, including Wilco, Beck, Kiss, The Replacements, R.E.M., The Bengals, Elliott Smith, the list goes on and on. And my guest today, huge fan and also influenced by Big Star, Ronnie Barnett from the power punk band The Muffs. You might remember them. They have uh, a song on the Clueless soundtrack. I love it. It goes, New friend of mine, and I'm so happy he came on the podcast. It's had such a good time talking to this guy. He's an interesting character, and uh, knows a lot of really cool comics, and has some really incredible stories. And he really, really gets big star brought the goddamn album i'll tell you that much He has like nine copies of it rate review and most importantly subscribe to the 500 and listen free on spotify listen on spotify fools follow me at josh adam Myers on all social media email the podcast at 500 podcast at gmail.com and for all things 500 go to our website the 500 podcast.com well guys nothing left to say but here we go with number 434. Out of 500 with number 1 record by Big Star. You know what I said? Enjoy the episode. When you're Ronnie Barnett, there you go. You're talking like it's Ronnie Barnett, baby love. Mm-hmm. When it's Ronnie Barnett, baby, hey, hey. I ain't chabber deep. <laughs> I squeeber deeper beside you, Ronnie. Thank you, dude. Rock for the and little. Roll. Isn't it? Yes. That's my favorite thing to do in the entire world to sing people in. So Ronnie, uh, so I, so we're both friends with uh, Tom. Don't let it
1: in. First off,
0: when you're Ronnie yeah. Barnett, wow. baby love, damn this it.
1: Is, I'm really into it now.
0: When you're <laughs> Skip and squiggly do and flim and Flam. So, so we have a mutual friend, Tom DeSavia. Yes, and uh, I was looking for somebody that loves Big Star, and he goes, boo-ya, Time to do ya. I got the dude, <laughs> Ronnie Barnett from the Muffs."
1: uh where yeah, did- he sloughed this off on me he yeah
0: did. well i mean you know you know he's a
1: busy guy he's a
0: busy guy yeah. but but you don't want to hang out with with me and no this is you, fantastic. Brought the, you brought the record over
1: i know this is great josh <laughs> I, I can't believe we didn't know each other before this moment <laughs> no,
0: I, I, well this is everything happens for a reason i did i
1: brought i have two original copies of the record that were yeah. we haven't introduced yet
0: no, but it's. Oh, I'll just jump right into it. Our yeah. album today is number 434 out of 500. It's the debut. Oh, did I say that right this time? Debut. Studio album. Number one record by Big Star. Released on uh, or in August 1972. Produced by John Fry.
1: Hit me. Ooh, I like those facts. On like Ardent <laughs> Records.
0: On <laughs> <An> Ardent, yeah. <laughs> Recorded
1: at... Uh,
0: Hit me, hit uh, me. Art
1: in Studios, Art in Studios. You dummy, come on, Josh. Uh, yeah, I have two original copies of this record um, that I've had since the mid '80s, and um, one's got the shrink wrap on it, and one is a cutout, and I can't bring myself to get rid of either one, even though it's a two hundred dollar record or something. No, you,
0: God, no. Yeah, frame, so. frame one of them. That's my new thing. Is you got to frame the records because records are so beautiful, and and there's something so sexy sexy, historical, you could be proud of your record collection, whereas you can't be proud of your iTunes catalog. do you know what I mean that's for sure but that's so for sure. but so so tell me about how you first got into big star like when did you first hear him
1: um what happened was uh, uh, i am I, probably a little older than you i'm fifty four i'm i'm forty okay, okay solid four zero solid though. four okay but I have but I have an old heart as suspected um no, so uh in the mid eighties when I was uh you know 18, whatever, I, I, I was, uh, I got into, like, so many of us at the time, um, R.E.M., uh, early R.E.M., the That's TV. me in the corner, batting, yeah. do, that's me
0: in the spot. All right, keep going. <laughs> <But> <laughs> so I'm going to do I, this a I, lot. I've lost something. I'm going to do um, this a
1: lot. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, they would, all, all these bands, the D.B.s, all these bands I like, That they would, they would always reference Big Star, so uh, I... I I made it a mission to find the a big star record, which was already difficult at that time, but not, you know, you, you, you still could get lucky in those days to yeah. so find it. Yes. You find it. So
0: you're 18 years old and like you're hearing big star. And so you said you were a fan of REM. It's yeah. just some of the great, and they're bands. all
1: dropping the, you know, big star, like they're the Beatles. Yeah. Um, which uh, we'll get to that. They kind of are, but in, in a way, but, uh, but anyway, I, I found the record and I found this, this record, um, at the time, the only thing they had in print was Big Star's third record. Yeah. So a lot of people had just heard that. Which we've already done on this podcast. We already oh, okay. did. Third was,
0: I think it was, you know, at least 10 to 15 albums ago. And and also, it's there's something great about listening to this. And that's the experience that I got from Big Star. It was a band that I had heard about for years. Yeah. And i had seen them on this list and saw all three of their records on there. And so I was like, I can't wait to dig in. So when yeah. I dug into third, I was like this is Big Star? I was
1: like, really? This is what everybody's talking about? That is, ex- you had the same exact experience a lot of people <laughs> in the late 70s and early, in the early 80s had. Yeah. Like, you hear about Big Star, and yeah, Third, as you know, is not like these other it's, two it's records. It's
0: dark, it's all over the place, yeah. but there and is... And it's
1: incredible, but it's not... It's you hear not Big this. Star, so, Power so, Pop, so, it's not Power Pop. So tell me about you first listening to so, so anyway, yeah, yeah, I found number one, and, um, you know, was blown away. I, it, it, I really think it's a perfect record. Everything, um... Uh, from the cover to the back cover to the sequence yeah i mean it's really sequenced well and um the, the songs are fantastic i mean uh yeah everyone knows a big star now they have the big documentary and stuff but yeah. um you know this was it, back when i found it and like i say those bands were talking about it my friends didn't have this record you know my yeah. my, my older brothers didn't have this they had paranoid by black sabbath of course schools out you know um, this is
0: i think i the people that i found out that that love big star there there's a a sensitivity mm-hmm. sh- should i say about them uh chris garcia a very very funny comic did third and he's obsessed with big star and so as i got ready to listen to third uh and i put that on and i was like okay i was like let me go back and just listen to some of their other stuff i really want to get uh you know, fully immersed in big star, even though I know, uh, radio city and number one album or number one record were coming up later. I mean, for me, when I heard 13 and it was just like a change in in everything that I had heard previously before there was like before 13 and then everything I heard after 13, 13 just left such an impression on me. Um,
1: do you think that the singer of that song is 13 as well? Or is he singing about a 13 year old girl? I think
0: he's thirteen as well. Okay, okay. I think he's thirteen as well. Let's look at. I it think that this way. is well. When yeah. we get to it, we got. We got. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. 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 So yeah. what I love about this album, is, more than third, is that I think this feels like a cohesive piece of work, whereas third, in my opinion, was all over yeah. the place. Characteristically, it, this one felt like these three guys are just or four guys are gelling, and I think the songs show it. Yeah. Um, and, and then the songs, like I said, on this album just stick out like so much more than anything off of third because it's like wh- it's this is a beautiful record. This is a sweet record and this is a fun record. Uh, and when and when I say sweet, like when they want to be sweet, yeah. like 13, they are sweet as fuck. And then when they want to be fun, like when my baby's beside me, it's so much fun. I just think this is way better than third Third, by miles. Third
1: should not, I mean, this is well documented, but third shouldn't even been called big star. I mean, it should have been Alex Chilton record, even though Jody Stevens is on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that, you know what's funny? I think the
0: Jody Stevens song is the one that is actually the best song on the record. Okay. Uh, I think this is almost, and I'm not saying, I'm saying in this the most uh, respective way. This is like a blatant ripoff of, of the Beatles in that sense of them being able to trade songs and trade the writing. Even some of the, the way that the songs are, are in movements uh, has a very Beatles feel to it. But it's like they do it so good that you just can't get mad at it.
1: No, it's true. And and mentioning Chris Bell, I mean this, and I've always thought this. Hearing you know, just taking in everybody's work. I mean, Big Star was Chris Bell's band. Um, you know, Alex wrote in the star. If you hear any Alex, if you hear Alex Chilton's solo record, nineteen seventy. Before this, it's nothing like Big Star, or any of his solo record after Big Star's third. Yeah, it's not like this. Um, yeah. So Chris Bell is really, and I know Alex's um, widow. And uh, Laura, and I said that to her once. I go, Big Star, really Chris Bell's band, and she agreed with me. Really? Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, well, let's let's dive into the album, okay? All right, so the album starts first track, feel. Uh, can, the, we, no, please. Before we get
1: into it, can, can we just talk about the cover? And just, of course. Just what? how beautiful this, and is this involved? So what, what do you so, call that? So,
0: so all right, so it's it's the cover is the neon uh, star, uh, and inside the star in bright yellow, it says Big. And, and I think it's, it's almost, you know, kind of reminds me of it's kind of reminds me of like the Spinal Tap uh, black album or smell the glove. How it's just the black. It looks clean. You know yeah. what I mean? I There's- mean, looking
1: at it, you don't look and say, oh, this man's called Big Star. You're just seeing the word big. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you can see why it didn't fly off the shelves <laughs> yeah. in, in, in addition to not being distributed. well.
0: Yeah. This 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 album did not sell well, uh, critically acclaimed, but did not sell well.
1: Yeah. You see, this copy is a cutout, which I think most of them were.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, fantastic. I think it's a fantastic record. Like even the back. like look at the. Well, you have it in such good shape,
1: dude. It is in good shape. Uh, any offers anybody wants to make me uh, get me in care of Josh In that case, I pronounce you lucky.
0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No
1: purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: What's up, everybody? I am Finn McKenty, host of the Punk Rock NBA podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media podcast
1: network. My podcast is all about doing what you love for a living, and every week, I sit down and talk to people who have done exactly that—
0: Uh, This is a Chris Bell song, and it sounds kind of like an early 70s garage band doing a cover of a Led Zeppelin song. But the star of the show is the breakdown between the verses and the chorus. Peter, play 124. (laughs) 124. All right, so that's my favorite part of the song. It's got pretty standard uh, broken-hearted lyrics. Wondering what are you doing? You're driving me to ruin. The love that you've been stealing has given me the feeling. These are great lyrics. That just, part we
1: just played—that's the Memphis in them. You can tell. That's that's the most Memphis part of the whole. Record oh probably. yeah, dude.
0: but that's what I think is fun about it because it goes in and out of like blues and then almost yacht rock. Yeah, like, it's
1: all over the place. Boogie. But, There's a little, a little some some boogie rock in there too. Some
0: some great boogie rock. Um, great lyrics uh just a song about being broken hearted um thoughts on it
1: yeah I, I i mean i think it's a i think it's a great opener uh, especially the way it like starts like quiet and just comes in with that that little drum fill and, yeah. and just goes into the uh and, you know, did Chris Bell sing in a high register? Any other song? I can't think of another one.
0: No, been, um, it's 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 like it's just such a fun rock and roll way to start the record.
1: For years before this was, you know, everything was so documented. Yeah, I didn't know who I couldn't tell who was singing it. It could it could have been Alex as well. As uh, as well, I
0: that's know. that's the thing is that you hear Alex Chilton singing in the Box Tops. Yeah, you know, singing like, "Got me a Wait, ticket <laughs> for an plane. got and see, but you and thane. <laughs> And so then you hear him singing like thirteen, and you're like, Jesus Christ! Like the dude's got range. Yeah, you know? yeah.
1: I think uh, I, I mean, I, I gotta say the box tops voice. I mean, well, he was like sixteen or whatever too. I mean, that's. Yeah. I guess that was like a put on voice, really. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. All right. So, so I want to talk about
0: heartbreak for a second because yeah. you last year you went through the unimaginably uh, tough experience. You lo- You lost uh, your songwriter and friend and and you know co-partner um uh, kim shattuck uh you were bandmates for over 30 years and in last year she lost her two-year battle to als and if people don't know what als is it is it's also lou gehrig's disease it progressively deteriorates the neurons that control voluntary muscles it is so sad uh but
1: now almost it's the in, cruelest thing that can happen really, to, to it, anybody it,
0: it really is it really is especially someone so full of life as kim but uh, immediately after Kim's diagnosis, you, Kim, and uh, Muffs drummer Roy McDonald started working on your seventh and final album, No Holiday, which came out a few weeks after Kim passed. Now, most fans of the Muffs had no idea that Kim had even been suffering at all through this, and with tremendous shock in that, uh, the, the world that must have been, there must have been some kind of, like, relief in her inner circle when she was finally, like, released from this disease. But... Uh, you guys put out an album like immediately after that like how did you work through those feelings uh which also included the joy of sharing like a new record to the world
1: yeah um uh, well yeah um as you described als uh it, you know as soon as she got it ran in her family um her father died of it and um an aunt uh, i believe and and kim was always scared of getting it um and it kind of like what happened was all of a sudden, uh, we'd, we'd kind of, we'd worked steadily for so long. We, t- we took, uh, the summer, well, this upcoming summer will be three years. Yeah. Um, we purposely took it off and you know, we were in contact, but, uh, I saw Kim, I want to do a podcast. She picked me up and she was telling me how she couldn't grip with her left hand. And you can hear this. We talk about it on the podcast too. Like, she's like, ah, eh, it's doctors think it's carpal tunnel or something. I'm sure it's fine. And you hear me say like, I, I'm very concerned. Yeah. And, um, so that's how it started and she's getting diagnosed i think it's a nerve in her neck or whatever and then uh it came to October and yeah she got diagnosed with ALS and 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 you know me and Roy and her we talked and uh uh we were gathering songs she'd already demoed songs for for what would be our next record and uh Kim was like we got to we got to make this record and at that point she could still speak she could still move uh the the voice was getting slurry though um so we we, and she wasn't able to play guitar. So we knew we were going to have to construct it um, differently. So um, we 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 had a bunch of demos. Some were better than others. Some were better recorded than others. Some had electric guitar. Some were just acoustic guitar. Um, we booked a room for December to 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 record drums to them, um, and them being demos and not expected to be like an actual record. Um, Roy had to kind of adhere to some weird timing changes and stuff. I kind of compare it to the Madcap Laughs by Sid Barrett mm-hmm. where they kind of worked around his weird timings and things. Um, so um, yeah, we recorded the drums. Um, so this is December. By by April, she could not speak or move. Um, so we brought in a friend to kind of overdub guitar. I, I did the bass. Um, put it some other like touches on it too but kim oversaw the whole thing uh she produced it um as she did most of our records uh from from a chair in her living room uh on the big tv screen she could see all the technical stuff which yeah. i can't explain all the uh, <laughs> so all crazy. your pro tools and stuff and yeah. uh, me and our friend karen um engineered we were in another room she would give us like direction like um the easiest way for her to communicate was viber so we'd have the viber you know on the iphone there and she'd say like do it again or you know too sharp or you know that kind of stuff yeah and uh to be honest uh that was the happy kim during this whole illness um she i saw her all, all i did was see her smile it, 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 i'm not saying she didn't have dark times i'm sure she did but um you know i I'd, I'd walk in and and uh, she had a machine kind of like this that would read her eyeball and speak for her so she stayed true to herself the whole, t- the whole time. I'd walk in, and the, all of a sudden, the robot voice would say, your girlfriend's got a hairy pussy. <laughs> you know, like, and she would just smile, you know, like, yeah. so, and, and, and I, you know, I, I we kind of talked, I, or not, you know, I kind of said, like, Kim, I, yeah, I have a lot to say to you, of course. We have some, but, like, I just want to make you laugh when I'm around you, and so we did, and, and yeah, she oversaw this record. I, I probably took the better part of a year from start to finish, and um. This guy, Evan, who has mixed our last few records, mixed it for free, and Kim picked all those. She sequenced it. Um, you know, we, we picked out the cover, which is a shot of us in Buenos Aires. Yeah. Am I pronouncing that correctly? I think so. <laughs> um, you know, doing a bow in front of, you know, a thousand people that came to see us there. So, um, you know, and she was private about her illness. So, so yeah, as you say, she, she passed away about three weeks before it came out, but we'd already started doing press. And uh, the initial press... And this was driving me and Roy crazy because the initial press is kind of describing it as like outtakes and stuff. And, and, you know, I knew one day it would be understood. People thought it was a live record because of the cover shot. I, I knew, I knew one day, you know, the story of this record will be told and people will understand. Um, but she got to at least see it. You know, we had physical copies. Yeah. She got to know it was done, see it. Um, and we all, me, Roy and her, we'd always just talk about what a great record we made and, you know, it's different. It's it's, it had it, it. There's no way it couldn't have been different than our other records. But um, yeah, we are really proud of it, and she was too.
0: So. No, what it what but what a great thing to do. To, yeah, uh, and as, I and as, I know as, it's got this baggage. It's like that. where It's like that Warren Zevon thing where he was diagnosed, I think, with like brain cancer or, or something, and he had X amount of time to live, and all he wanted to do was invested into his. Yeah, music. no,
1: there's some. I mean, Black Star by Bowie. Yeah, I mean, he knew he was dying. I mean, uh, uh it. You know, our record's a little different because Kim couldn't sing or play um what we had was what we had so um i was just i'm just surprised it kind of sounds like a record because (laughs) because things sound different you know a a song the song it sounds different sure um but what a great way to honor your friend! Yeah, I mean, yeah. Really,
0: it really is. I mean, I, I love the Muffs, and I, I, you know, the record's fantastic, and you know, you, it's something that you, you just have, and that just it, to send somebody off doing what they love is, is yeah. Beautiful. And
1: and I understand when 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 after she died, when everything came out, I know I know a part of her would have loved to see all that attention, but I then I understood why she really didn't want to fuck with, yeah, dealing with everyone. I mean and she didn't want pity and she didn't want you know what I mean No I
0: I think you know because then it's like as she's releasing it people would have been like oh well this is this is her final record instead of like being yeah. just being like yeah dude this is just great music oh is wait she, she
1: passed she didn't want to be defined oh, yeah. yeah as as a sick person No well that's that's an yeah.
0: that's an incredible way to to say goodbye to somebody trust me it's like with my friend Angelo uh who who passed away in 2012. I mean, this is my way of honoring him. Now, I talk about it all the time, though. It's like, I, I mean, my, every third word out of my m- mouth is, uh, you know my friend Angelo died, right? <laughs> He's gone. That's why I do this. All right, uh, let's get to some happier yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. dude.
1: The Ballad of El Agudo Catudo. Arguably the best song on the record. You think so? I, I, my favorite. I, yeah, It's hard to say. Music is personal, right? So very much. It's yeah. v-
0: it's very subjective, but no, you're not wrong. This is one of the strongest songs on the album, and probably if you're going to think about Big Star, this is one of the songs that's in the conversation. So this one's by Alex Chilton. It's about individuality, determination, and also a commentary on the threat that is raging in the Vietnam War that it had on men of Big Star's age at the time. I think it's mostly about individuality. So so let's. I, I pulled these lyrics out of it. Uh, here you go. It goes. There's people around who tell you that they know and places where they send you and it's easy to go, they'll zip you up and dress you down and stand you in a row. But you know, you don't have to, you can just say no. I, what I love about that is, is like, he's literally saying like there, there's so many people that are trying to force you into a certain box, you know, especially someone like Alex who was in the box tops. He's the 16 year old kid that is like, you know, when you're 16 and you, you, you have, you have a, a product that, that other people see, Oh, we can make money off of this but if we just got to force them to do this, let's get them to dress like this. Let's get them to look like this and sound like this and write like this. And I think big star is his like middle finger to all of those people. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. After yeah. dealing with what he dealt with in the box tops and writing a number one hit to do this, to do an album like this. I mean, this is his fuck you. It's, it's just beautiful. Whatever way he wants to do it. especially when you listen to something like third, you're like, Oh yeah, dude, Alex did not want to be put in a box at all. Right. You have something to say? No, no, or
1: the or the rest of his career. Yeah, oh, third third on. I mean, for
0: sure. Yeah. Uh, so, best part of the song is the hold on bridge. Peter, give me a little cadoodle. Oh, if there was ever a hold on that I felt more than this one, the only one that I think even matches that is the Wilson Phillips
1: "Hold On for One More Day." I know that there is pain, sh- that There's another one too, Kansas. Wait, what, what?
0: I don't fucking know that one. Hold one on, you...
1: baby. Oh,
0: you're gonna make me sing it. Hold mother- on, baby.
1: F- hold on. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 79 I know that there, let's do this hold on up
0: i know that there was pain but you hold on for one more day hit me
1: uh uh all right that one. yeah yeah, okay. no, no, I know, yeah i know i know i won, can't dude. i can't think of the next part of the song oh well,
0: you don't need to because you can't great song <laughs> super powerful the wilson so- phillips one everything we just it is sat, too yeah yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's actually number uh number 842 it's <laughs> it's out of the 500 it's like actually that's probably 10,076 all right let's move on to in the street uh play the opening at 11 seconds This is why I love this podcast more than anything in the world, because I can't tell you how much of a fun experience Ronnie uh, it was listening to this record and listening to Big Star and then being like, holy fuck, th- th- they ripped off that 70s show. <laughs> like, they ripped them off. No, I just had no idea that they wrote the theme song for that 70s show. And actually, they didn't perform it, of course, because they used uh, cheap trick. You knew that? I did know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Alex Chilton referred to this song as that seven that seventy dollar show because of how much he received every time that seventy show aired this theme, which is dope.
1: Which is fantastic for him that he earned money off this song. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say this is obviously their best known song because of because of that. Yeah. Because Cheap Trick did it it's not like they changed it up or anything. No, not at all. It sounds the
0: same. It's like they, there's a no there's a part in it where they go. You're all alright. We're all right. We're all all right. They, Wisconsin. They, they probably threw out I, I the line about the, having
1: a, a wanting a joint so bad. Too, well, right? they
0: took that one out. The joint. Yeah, ball. yeah. I figured. So I love these lyrics because I don't think there's a song and I don't think there's a band really that captures the abandon and boredom of wayward teenage years more than big star so check this out it goes hanging out down the street the same old thing we did last week not a thing to do but talk to you i love this one steal your car and bring it down pick me up we'll drive around wish we had a joint so bad i've all felt that how many cars have you stolen i've sco- i've stolen six <laughs> um what does the term sellout mean to you as an artist
1: um you know it's at this stage of the game, there is no selling out, right? Yeah. Everyone wants to get their... Well, I mean, the only way to get paid these days, really, is to get songs and commercials and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, back in the day, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't want to... Back in the day, meaning even, like, 1988... Remember Neil Young had this Notes for You, a whole song about people selling their songs at commercials and stuff? No, I
0: didn't. I have barely listened to any Neil Young. I know, like, Harvest Moon and maybe... Uh, uh, you're gonna, he, get, to, he, you're he gonna did, get to those in probably did, another three hundred. Oh yeah, I
1: can't wait. Dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Um but, but yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, I, I gotta say too, Alex, he liked this song for some reason because um I was talking about when I discovered Big Star. The first time I got the chance to see Alex Chilton was nineteen eighty five when Feudalist Tarts came out. Wow. Um and you know, that record, uh, for people don't don't know it, I mean he was living in New Orleans, he's doing like blues covers and stuff. Um, But the one Big Star song he played in that set was in the street. So that that seemed to be the one, and that's the only Big Star song he played in the set. You know, Which blows my mind because there's we're going to get to some of these songs
0: later in the album that are perfect for a live atmosphere. He just did
1: not give a shit. He didn't give a shit about it. He'd rather play t 9 Nanu, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, and, do uh, you think Big Star sold out by having this song uh, become a TV theme song? Uh No. I don't think so, especially by that time. I mean, yeah, I, there, no, nobody looked at that as like Big Star sold out. I don't think it's selling out either. I think you're right. Yeah. I think you're right. I think a band like
0: Big Star that deserved all the money in the world yeah. that got none of it, yeah. like they deserved to have their music recognized. And I think that's why it's great that all three of their albums are on this list. Yeah. Uh, it sucks that, that I because th- it's one of those things where it's like you hear that they would have... Like, you know, they both died. Chris Bell died a very long time ago. Mm-hmm. And and Alex dies. Uh, and I think not Jody. The, Jody's still alive. Jody's the only surviving member, but he looks great.
1: He looks great. He's got a full head of hair. It's unbelievable. He looks, like, unbelievable.
0: A, he looks like, like a philosophy professor at, at like a liberal arts college. You know what I mean? Uh, so go- do you, by the way. I'm <laughs> not gonna lie. I can t- see you teaching day parts. I'll, t- I'll take that. Um but yeah, I feel like give them the money. Listen, people out there, if you if you're on Spotify and you're listening to this podcast. Podcast. Go order it. Order the vinyl. It's beautiful. Give It's back in print. Give Miss Chilton the money. All
1: right. By the way, I smoked a joint with Alex Chilton after that show. Why didn't you open with that motherfucker? Well, you know, I just you know, joint in the street, Alex Chilton, eighty five, all ties in. And,
0: and what'd you talk about?
1: Uh, I, I was so nervous. I, I mean, I have no idea. I just, I can't. Clammy,
0: be, let me guess. Clammy hands? I,
1: again, yeah, my hands always get clammy.
0: <laughs> we didn't shake you know anybody's me that well, hand. Josh. You didn't yes. shake anybody's hand. He was like, ah, clammy. Clammy. <laughs> I, you, I don't
1: want to gross everybody, out. I, I would think you would appreciate that. But yeah, no, I can't believe it. As a kid, or how I, 20, 19, 20, yeah, I can't believe I approached him and asked him. And I got to say, the next time he came through town, which is like two years later, I asked him if he wanted to smoke a joint again. And he totally blew me off. Oh, what a dick! And that said, it's you know it's Houston, Texas. Yeah, it was not. Weed has come a long way, folks.
0: Yeah, dude. Yeah,
1: maybe not in Texas. Though. It's
0: also it weird that you're wearing all Houston Rockets gear. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that, <laughs> right? that didn't help. Why were you wearing an Olajuwon jersey, even though he hadn't <laughs> even played yet in the? Maybe yeah, maybe he was drafted at that point. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Atari's, and currently host of that one time on tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. All right, moving on to yes. what I think is probably one of the most beautiful songs I have ever heard on this list so far, 13. Peter, play a little bit.
1: Maybe Friday I can get to get for the dance. That song is so beautiful. And the great thing about it, too, it's, it's so, you can play that song with very little knowledge of Learning how to play guitar. Oh no,
0: I I, I play. <laughs> it's so funny you said that <laughs> exactly. cause I've, I've learned how to play it like within two minutes. Yeah. So I cry a lot, Ronnie. Uh, Me too. I'm a, I'm a. Oh, I can no, tell. No, no, we I'm know. G- we yeah, know. I'm I know. S- I know what, we know our own. Oh and, yes. And I knew you had a creamy center. So I've <laughs> cried so many times uh, from listening to songs that are on the list. Uh, I think the first one that did it was uh love has no pride by uh bonnie Raitt. it was off of the record give uh give it away or uh, yeah give it away and uh give it away give it away give it away that's a different record okay (laughs) yeah you remember when bonnie Raitt wore (laughs) cock socks (laughs) Remember when she did cock socks (laughs) it was fucking she had little cock titties i don't know she had a huge cock sock titties she did sock titties i called them cock titties (laughs) she had cock titties um this one gave me chills the first time I heard it, and I just remember like walking Lecca and and just like weeping and like the That's other his dog by the way, uh, Lekka's my dog. Everything, trust me, they know. Okay. <laughs> oh, they know. <laughs> but like, but it, it, it's just such a beautiful song, and it takes you right there to middle school and all of that, like melodramatic innocence that is just associated with becoming like you, you get a, you know, cause there's like sixth grade crushes, but there's a difference between a sixth grade crush and an eighth grade crush or even a seventh grade crush.
1: You're right. I mean, it just, that's, that's the age where we're getting crushes on girls. Yeah. They're unrequited usually. Yeah. There's, there's something, there's something
0: so beautiful, about this and it it makes perfect sense that this song uh rolling stone magazine ranked it number 406 in the top 500 songs Mm. of all time and uh, they called it one of rock's most beautiful celebrations of adolescence and i I mean it man um if you the cadougals fleece army whatever i call you guys let's call you cadougals from here on out you're part of the fleece army if you have yet to listen to this record Pause this on Spotify. Go on Spotify, search 13 by Big Star, and listen to this song. And if you don't feel something from this, you are
1: a Holocaust denier. This show is sponsored by Spotify, if you couldn't tell.
0: Oh, it is. Oh, uh, big ups. Proud sponsor of the 500, Spotify. (laughs) When you're trying to find that random song by Wilson Phillips. Just kadoogle it in your spoogle and find it kachugal. Yeah, All at, right. the,
1: at the risk of sounding like an old man again, I, do, I just want to point out, when I was 15 in 1980, the, these records were out of print. Like, people have it so easy these days. Like, I had to... I had to trade records to get MC5 and Stooges oh, records. dude, do you remember? You remember they were out of print Do you remember then. trying to get- Dolls. Remember porn back in the day? You used to
0: oh. have to go to a shop and be like, and there's like people buying the porn and you can see what this random like overweight Mexican dude's into. You're like, oh, you're into Asian eye contact blowjob scenes as well. <laughs> You mind scoodle do real yeah, quick yeah. so I can grab this. Porn can up? I grab this oversized box? <laughs> yeah, this enormous box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. go up to somebody and be like, "Yeah, how much is that? Thirty dollars." What's the point
1: of that anyway? Just to make it bigger, that I mean, the image you, bigger. You got it. Sometimes you got there's some big
0: titties out there, there bro. A big You sense? got you got You want to give them, give them it all. You gotta, they're paying thirty dollars for. A video. I used to work at
1: a rental shop and there were there were customers who would come in and rent like ten porns a day, like every day. It's just like what, you know? I understand jacking <laughs> off, <laughs> believe me, but like. You know, guy dude, they, I don't know, I don't know. They just, didn't believe in monogamy.
0: <laughs> they did not believe in monogamy. All right, don't lie to me. Uh so there is this loose opening of the song with a little bit of studio chatter, but then it just jams into this simple, fun garage rock song with a little blues kudugul. Play 118. I love a good noise explosion.
1: I was gonna say that defines Cadugle. Oh
0: my god! Yeah. It's this is Kadoogly spoogly <laughs> to the Moogly. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> what I what I think is great is that that little section right there is so ahead of its time. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Like we literally just uh, did "In Utero" by Nirvana, which is just all noise, mm. and that to me, you could take that little section of this song and put that into any any nirvana it's just it's just and such a fun song to have that like just chaos it just it gives it gives this album even
1: more life it really is be- beautiful chaos if you will i mean yes. there's a lot going on in that like that little bit a lot there's I'm so glad you isolated that
0: because that, i could i could put on the other down a bee, but no because no, it's
1: there there's like again a boogie a boogie rock yeah. early 70s yes. influence there which but but still great melody and, and great melody but that's not what i that's not what i yeah. got from the song
0: that's that's why i go through it and with a with a fine tooth comb and i and i pull out all the fleas and all the ticks and and <laughs> give it its little medication square and and you know what I, 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 we're, still, we're talking about lecca still aren't we aren't we no um so let me ask you about this like how how do the muffs collaborate and create music like how did you guys do that
1: oh we were um you know being a being a, a essentially a power pop band um you know we're labeled as punk and stuff you know our songs are really melodic our songs are like freddie and the dreamers just kind of sped up with a girl screaming sometimes yeah and and playing johnny thunder's leads i mean uh underneath all that stuff is just a melodic 60s mersey beat song and um you know those aren't the kind of songs you get together and jam and create you know what i mean yeah so you know kim kim was good songwriter and she you know all those parts um that's her i mean yeah we weren't so you're saying because i I like
0: what you said earlier with uh, you definitely weren't no no a hundred (laughs) percent number 180 Um, no, but there's, there's something so great about, about the muffs, man. Cause I was even just like getting ready to do this. I was listening to some of your music and I know it was a cover, but kids in America, like your version of that is just so fantastic. I like the second I like put it on, I was like, Oh my God. And it took me back to like 1995. Like remember being in the theater watching clueless the day it came out. Yeah. It was a packed theater. And I remember there was somebody talking and you went, you want to find out the moment where I realized I wanted to be a comic and I already knew I wanted to be a comic and I already knew I wanted to do music, but this person was talking pack theater and they wouldn't shut up. And I just stood up and went, shut the fuck up. (laughs) And then everybody started cheering like, yeah. And I was like, I want this feeling all the time. (laughs) And that was right at the exact moment. It was like,
1: we're (laughs) in America.
0: And then everybody, like, massaged me, and I think I got laid that night. Yeah, I, I, I expect a <laughs> massage after this.
1: Um, no, it's great to have... First off, we got Amy Heckerling, the director, who I always wanted to work with. She directed Fast Times. and the, One of the most iconic movies of um, all time. Um, Yeah, she came to us and offered us the choice of doing two songs, Kids in America or All By Myself. Cue you singing All <laughs> By Myself. All by
0: myself.
1: No. So obviously, we we picked Kids in America. By the way, Jewel did all by myself. Didn't even make the soundtrack. I, it's barely in the film. It's barely in the film. But uh, yeah, we did Kids in America. We were actually on the road. We were we had to record it in New York City uh, at Electric Lady Studios. Badass. The room Jimi Hendrix built with that. There's a fucking mural of a spaceship that Jimmy commissioned. It's still there, anyway. Um, Yeah, we put together our arrangement of it. I mean, not that it's like rocket science, but put together really quick on the road and recorded it. And and it's great to have um, something I can point to because, you know, people, what do you do? Musician. You know the What's band, generally Musk. there's a question mark above their head right but i i can always point to clueless <laughs> yeah. everyone loves clueless everybody like, loves clueless in fact uh, um, i recently even though
0: she fucks her brother in it it's the weirdest ending
1: it really is yeah 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 the, yeah the brother with the sinatra <laughs> fixation yeah but also i like to point out our kids and our kids in america plays over the opening credits of the film yeah. it's the first song on the record so we're not like in a scene where it's coming out of a Seven Eleven or something, no. you know what I mean? It's it's kind of it's iconic. It's, it, it, it's 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 iconic. It goes hand in hand with the film. Hand in hand. And the uh, we earned a platinum record for that. Okay. Fuck All right. Come All right, on. everybody. Come on. Come on. There it is. And it's an attractive one. It's got a plaid
0: background. I'll give you a hundred dollars for it.
1: We'll, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll afterwards.
0: talk. All right. All right, okay. next song. It's a great story. All right, the next song, the Indian song, or I'm sorry, maybe take that. The India <laughs> Watch song. It. I know, I know. <laughs> this is the only song on the album written and sung by bassist Andy Hummel. Uh, Peter, play the cadoodle. <laughs> It just doesn't flow. It's not a bad song. It just doesn't flow with this record. This
1: is where we're going to part on this, Josh. Ooh. Because uh, I think on, from day to day, I, I think it's a toss-up between the most beautiful song on the record between 13 and this one. Wow. Um, and I think, uh, first off, it's a great way to, to close out side one. And, uh, oh, I didn't even look at it. Andy Hummel sings this song, too. which And, and, and I remember reading somewhere, um, the label actually thought this was a single. But yes, and wanted and wanted Andy to write more a, material. What a way of thinking. Yeah, but um, you it's know, a it's a nice little ode. What it's What makes nice it such a wonderful little, world? Yeah, it's a nice little ode to
0: escaping to India, and uh, yeah. I think it's
1: beautiful though, myself.
0: It's got, it's got, I guess we, you know, it's the seventies, you know, they're having these jam sessions. Everybody's a little influenced by like, you know, George Harrison, uh, you know, the Beatles and, and like, as we've said, you know, the big star does not shy away from how much they love the Beatles. Uh, but let's take it to you because I know that you got together with Kim in the late eighties. You escaped from Houston, Texas to move to Los Angeles. What was the music scene like then?
1: Um, well, Uh, well, first off, when I moved, I was a journalist. Like I, I wrote, I was a music editor at that young age of our weekly Houston paper. It wasn't exactly the village voice, but it was all we had. And, um, so I, like I said before, I was a music fan and I thought that's what I would do. Like, I was like, oh, I get free records and I get to talk to Sonic youth and I get to talk to Buck Owens and, and get in free everywhere and have people hate me when I pan their bands.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Um,
1: so yeah, you know, I moved here. Yeah. I think I said it before me and Kim were a couple. I moved here for love. we had met in 86, stayed in touch. Um, I, I'll quote every documentary. This is before uh, cell phones and the internet. Um, you know, we, so we would call each other on the phone, send each other packages, make cassettes. Mixtapes? Yeah, mixtapes. yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh,
0: I dude, I, I was the king of making girls. Mixtapes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Dude.
1: But, but getting back the the mu- So the music scene here uh, in Los Angeles at that point was thriving. There were, there were, Good club, good, solid clubs, rock clubs everywhere i mean when we when we started playing, which was january nineteen ninety one we were playing three times a week between here in orange county, um you know at different clubs and and it was it was fine like and this is right before nirvana took off so so and believe me, we rode that wave, that's why we got signed, sure, um, I can
0: imagine what that was like, were they just like we're looking for any band. That's just got three pieces.
1: Yeah, and the people that found us were all former heavy metal guys, right? So our management managed testament before managing us. Our A and R guy um had just signed a band called Sister Whiskey. And you know, that was a tail end of the hair metal scene too. Yeah. Uh which uh is legendary now, but you really could drive down the sunset strip oh, I wish. and see all those I wish. See, I wish. People dressed uh in full metal garb. Oh, I wish. I wish I was here. Bouncing for that. from the whiskey to the Roxy to Gazaris. <sighs> Dude. Yeah. All right.
0: When my baby's
1: beside me.
0: Uh so this one, uh Side two, folks. S- side two. This is one of Alex Chilton's favorite big star songs he wrote. And I see why. Because this song rips. Peter, play twenty-eight seconds in. Don't got this pounding just 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 driven uh verse and chorus and then it's just this this beautiful straightforward song about the perfect relationship you know and it's, say, it's
1: still that gorgeous melody underneath all that rock stuff it's it's constructed really good well we mentioned earlier that you and
0: kim uh were not only bandmates but you guys dated was that hard to navigate uh early on
1: um early on no Um, and, and, and in fact, by the time we, uh, we knew we were going to break up for a while and we, and, and by that point our band was doing well and had gotten signed and we would always, we'd always tell each other, look, we got it. We're going to have to work this. We're doing well and we're not going to break up the band. So we need to work this out. And so we, we, and by the, and by the time we broke up, it was one of those breakups where we were kind of so done with the relationship. That there was no je- there was no jealousy issues. I mean, she started dating the engineer of our first record, oh. but it wasn't a problem for me. It and was you fun. had all those boxes of porn. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that said, we did know how to uh, piss each other off, and there were some there were some moments in the van where maybe the other members might have been uncomfortable. Oh wow! There were moments where she called for my head. You know, wouldn't come to the van unless they brought her my head. That's a direct quote. Um, you know that. that uh, early on we we're more volatile, you know, back then we were really volatile and, um, things were loud and, and we're, it's the grunge era. So we're smashing our equipment. Oh, and, I can and imagine she's hitting me with a guitar and, and people still bring up that like, yeah, I used to love how she would hit you with her, with everything. And, uh, Spit on you, and you know, and, <laughs> and she's I everybody mean, thinks she's just being a rock star. Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah. Which, she know she's still
0: hanging on to yeah, a fight you had? She was just two mad. years earlier. She would get Typical mad a woman. Things. Yeah, she <laughs>
1: would get mad, she would get mad on stage, and I would be the foil for that, for better or worse.
0: All right, but either way, made for good music.
1: Made yeah, made good yeah, rock no, and roll. It worked.
0: Hey, this is Steve Choi, host of the Musicians Guild Podcast, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Within the four walls of the Musicians Guild, we'll be discussing the habits, idiosyncrasies, experiences, and general psychology of my friends and peers all involved with music in various capacities. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. All right, next one. My Life is Right. Peter, play the chorus. You So I thought uh, this was Chris Bell's version of basically the last song we just played with my baby beside me. But then I found out that Chris Bell was like a hardcore Christian and eventually like was like, you know, had the like, dude loved Christ. That's what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah. And I mean, this is Christian rock music. If I ever heard it, you give me light, you are my day, you give me life, and that's right. I mean, Ah, that is a Christian rock song. You ever seen uh, Christians at a Christian rock concert? I mean, they have a devotion
1: to Christ. (laughs) I see what you did there. Yeah,
0: they they just feel it. They yeah. feel the music. Their arms are in the air. They have their eyes closed. Perfect show to mug people, like pickpocket. If you if you want to do a Christian rock show, because they're staring at God, you could just like go <laughs> whoop
1: whoopsie doodle. Let me take that little.
0: Uh, <laughs> they only have shillings.
1: It is very weird that that like people Christian rock fans just stick to Christian rock band. Like. Like, like Petra or whatever. like I don't even know who that is. They're just a big <laughs> Christian rock band. I, I've never heard them, but I mean. Sounds I like heard, you heard them. I haven't heard them because they're Christian <laughs> rock bands. So Watch me get so into your turning. car and it's like, Jesus, Jesus, yeah, yeah. We're Petra
0: and we're Jesus fans. <laughs> Listen, nothing against Christians.
1: No. I love them. They're great. But now I'm going to think of this as a Christian rock It's a
0: Christian so. rock song. There's a couple more on here. All right. Uh, give me another chance. So this one is just very, I, I wrote very confessional apology. That's what I wrote. And I feel like uh, this kind of reminds me of like John Lennon's Jealous Guy or like Woman. Uh, I mean, he starts apologizing as soon as the song starts. Uh, play the intro. You
1: feel cause I got men I'm sorry, I'm sorry.
0: What a pussy, dude. Just stand up for yourself, bro. Why are you apologizing? What did you do? Explain yourself. Was it big? Was it small? What did you do? Did you just not do the dishes and she's mad at you? Because that's not your fault, bro. It was her night to do the dishes. It was her night.
1: It's like 13. It's an early love song when we were, yeah, we we would take the blame for everything, right? Just to keep the girl. I do love Alex Chilton's
0: falsetto in this. Uh, I think that is just It shines And also the It's just It's just got a very Beautifully honest Like to, uh, sing, Him singing Knowing that The the styles of voices That he can do And what he sang Yeah uh, To hear him sing like that I mean regardless If I'm making fun of Like the apology Which is nothing wrong with Apologize when you do Something wrong You know in, Put it in song uh, But the, at the same time It's just I, I think this is This is what shows The layers of Big Star You know What's interesting
1: Both guys sing You know Their voices aren't dissimilar where it's not jarring. It's kind of like the cars where it's like Benjamin Orr kind of sounds like you really sometimes don't know who's singing. Yeah. So yeah. Like as we saw, like Chris Bell sings in a falsetto on feel. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Alex doing it there. And, and you know, it's not like you hear this record and think there's a different singer on every song No,
0: but this is, listen, this is, this is one of, that's one of the highlights of the record. We're coming on to try again. And if there are any doubts about Chris Bell's faith, uh-oh. This one dispels any of that noise. Also, it's a complete nutter George Harrison ripoff. Uh, Peter, play 115. But I'll try again. This isn't a bad song.
1: It's not a bad song. It's a good song. I just, I hear, I hear George. It's a really good song, but yeah, I mean, that's, a lot of guys played slide before George Harrison but it is he did have his own but he uh, had his own twin No no, he had his own twin. I am not I'm not saying you're not I'm not saying you're wrong.
0: Thank you. Yeah. You know, for a second I thought you were about to say I was wrong.
1: Nope. Okay. I was, I, I, you're not wrong on this. Okay, good.
0: All right, so uh, after this do you want to watch the sunrise? Kick it, Peter and watch the
1: sunrise.
0: It just, just gives me like a little like shimmy, shimmy, like watch the sunrise. Here are the three words that came to mind when I'm listening to this beautiful, majestic, hopeful.
1: It's wonderful, but I thought you were going to say it's a they're ripping off. A, here comes the sun.
0: <laughs> ah, You're not wrong. Yeah, you are I'm, not. Listen, they wear their influence on their sleeve. I said it at the beginning. I was like, this. I, a lot of this reminds me of the Beatles, but they do it in such a
1: way that I
0: can't shit on it.
1: Beatles influence everybody. Any power pop, I mean, that's Beatles derived. Beatles
0: influence Public Enemy. They're pretty good. Beatles, uh, Beatles influence two live crew. You know,
1: Elvis never meant shit to Public Enemy.
0: You know that? They influence two... <laughs> Fucking, I had a riff and now I can't do it. I was gonna say they influenced Two Live Crew. I remember Paul in a famous interview with the Maharishi saying, "A me so horny, <laughs> a me so horny." Here's some sample. That's a good lyrics. honk, Josh. Thank you very yeah, much. yeah. Here's some sample lyrics that stick out to me. Sun, it shines on all of us. We are one in its hands. Come inside and light my room like the heart of every man. Uh, that's beautifully majestic
1: it's a beautiful way to to end the record yeah
0: because and that's the thing is that this I feel should have been uh, you know what the final song is and in a sense it is but then it goes into and well probably one of the weirdest titles uh so far on this album uh not just album I mean any of the albums we've done uh track twelve final track st one hundred uh backslash six so like I said uh I feel like the real ending of the album is watch the sunrise. But I think that this song, because it's only a minute long, yeah, is a nod to, like a nod or a wink to to the Beatles' uh, Her Majesty off of Abbey Road. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like how yeah. they, they did, Her Majesty's a Biddinger's nice Girl. So this is their short song. And also uh, I found out that the title was an inside joke about the record's potential catalog number.
1: Oh, that's what I was going to say. It reads like a catalog number. Yeah. I just picked up the record to look and see if it was the catalog number.:
0: No, I love it. Peter, Peter, play 11 seconds in. Oh. Short, sweet to the point, it's a, it's, a, it's a very nice song. I love the harmonies on it, but I wanted more. You know? I considered
1: it a sweet those last two songs. kind of they kind of go together for me.: Sure, I could see that. Yeah, no, yeah, I could yeah. definitely
0: see that. And, and I think they're after riding off, it's almost like it's like riding off into the sunset, showing you the power of Chris and Alex's voice together because it's perfect harmonies. Now, uh, you have been and continue to be a participating member in the Wild Honey Orchestra. It's true, which is a loose collective of musicians who get together once or twice a year to raise money for autism. Think tank one, uh, one
1: big show a year,
0: one big show a year. And that yeah. you've had star studded performances of Abbey Road and some big star stuff. Am I right?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's true. Uh, the the big star one uh, kind of I don't want to say we they, they kind of uh, took it on. They didn't put that one together. Uh, Chris Stamey. Uh, tours that I think he still does those shows but yeah but Wild Honey kind of co-sponsored it and well, yeah. that's great and then you've got one
0: coming up uh, in a few weeks on February 29th, right? Yeah. At the Alex Theater in Glendale, in a tribute to the Love and Spoonful.
1: It's true. Uh, three weeks from the day we're from today, the day we're taping, That's not, the, not the day this is airing. And then
0: uh, on March 15th at the El Rey, you and Roy McDonald will be hosting an all star celebration for Kim to raise money to fight the cure for ALS. I, I said that wrong. It sounds like you're fighting the cure. Fight but. for a cure.
1: <laughs> we're, we're we're co-hosting josh i need some dick jokes
0: <laughs> I, <laughs> oh you did, i got you oh please so can you can you uh tell our listeners who may or not be in town uh how they can help contribute and participate in this
1: um you know if people want to help and donate they can either buy a ticket and not show up or buy a ticket and show up or um find a the al a- 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 al association online and um you know and just make a donation it it like we said before it's a horrible horrible, horrible disease yeah. it's really inhumane um and uh yeah it, it and there's no there's no way out it's of taken it. It's taking so many great
0: people no and it's, and and so it's so fatal many loved disease ones. it's fatal yeah it's 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 probably i don't want to say one of the worst but yeah it's it's just like i said it's like you're seeing loved ones just deteriorate right before your eyes and uh guys there are ways to contribute Fleece Army out there, we're asking you, uh, you know, as soon as this podcast is over, uh, go to the ALS Foundation and donate or buy a ticket and not come. Or buy a ticket and send it to somebody in the area and they can come. But there you do go. it, you Kadoogles. All right, you want to do some facts and get out of here? Sure. All right. Here's some facts and here's some facts and facts. Mm-hmm. facts. Facts and facts and facts and facts and facts. After this album's disappointing sales due to distribution problems, depression, substance abuse, and ego clashes with Alex Chilton, Chris Bell quit the band to pursue a solo career that never really happened in his lifetime. Now, due to the, now due to the circumstances being what they are, do you think you'll ever continue actively playing in a band?
1: Fact. Oh, that's not how I'm <laughs> um, I play. Que- I get this question now, and uh, th- no, a- at-, at this point, my answer is no. Um, that was my band, and that's just—that's just the way it is. And what a beautiful way to end it. Now, like know. I say, if if Pat Benatar calls me or something, oh, you are in, baby. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I, I, if I get a good offer, I'm there. Fuck yeah. But I'm not gonna pursue. I'm not gonna like find a guitarist, and you know, I'm just not.
0: If it, if it somehow makes its way into you jamming with some certain people you're in, but it's just the idea of touring, it just doesn't seem appealing. It's
1: just, uh, well, I mean, that we could do a whole nother podcast about how things are these days compared yeah. to the old days. Um, I can imagine. Because um, people don't really, unless you're big, people don't really tour anymore. Like club bands don't tour anymore. Yeah. Um, we were lucky that we became semi-established enough where we could do the fly-ins, like, you know bigger club bands do so you fly to the east coast do four dates rent a van there use a back line um but yeah as far as like going through and playing albuquerque and norman oklahoma no offense to these towns uh but the, we have
0: the, a huge following those in are norman towns, oklahoma just yeah, letting and, you know and again even in the what's 90- up
1: my Norklahoma my Oklahoma nights yeah and there's 10 people there <laughs> yeah even in our day those kind of towns were we're not we 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 tried to just play the major metropolitan cities. We only played one city in Florida our whole career. (laughs)
0: That's fine. You know what I mean? Trust me. Yeah. Trust me. All right. Final fact. As drummer Jody Stevens remarked about Bell and Chilton, all of a sudden I'm playing with these guys that can write songs that are as engaging to me as the people I'd grown up listening to. So I felt incredibly lucky. That, that's a great statement from Jody, because I can imagine what that was like to be sitting behind the drums and seeing two geniuses right in front of you.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so, it with any of these bands, it comes down to songs, ultimately. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, I, I can imagine, like, Jody Stevens hearing these guys... You know, just yeah, hey, I just wrote the song "Ballad of El Goodo, You yeah. know, and hearing them sing together in the song, yeah, he must have like shit his pants. And he, you know, Jody brought it a little bit. I'm not
0: to say yeah. a little bit; that sounds so evil. He, I do. I love "For You" is such a good song. But let me ask it you is. this: What was your luckiest moment?
1: Oh, my luckiest moment. There's, there's been, there's been so many. I, I mean, I feel lucky almost every day. You know, I feel lucky to be here with you. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, this came be out of nowhere. You. Um thank Tom. Uh, Tom DeSavia. Tom de, Savia. Tom de Savia. What a guy. Yeah, anyway. Um He's a Holocaust denier, but
0: he's a great guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um it, you know, I, I I I can't pinpoint it down to one thing. I'm I just I'm lucky to be my age and still feel like I felt when I was fifteen. Yeah. And um and you know, do something that's hot low stress and you know have health and and everything and have good friends and and have good eat mexican food.
0: Oh. Yeah. You you had me at chimichanga. <laughs> uh this was fantastic Ronnie. Seriously, Absolutely, I had such a Josh, good time sitting down meeting you. Uh to everybody out there, if you have not listened to Big Star number 1 record they they right? You got to get it. Got to get, get it. it. And if you want a copy of the vinyl, Ronnie is selling it. Price to be (laughs) determined. Thank you, buddy.
1: Yep. thank you. The one and only
0: Ronnie Barnett. I'm so glad uh, that our friend Tom set us up to do this episode because he was so much fun to talk to you guys. To find Ronnie on Instagram, find him at RonnieBarnett.com. The Muffs and check out all of The Muffs music including their new Album No Holiday on Spotify now We just listened to Big Star from 1972 For this week's new music Selected by Matt Pinfield, our music director we have The Grip Weeds they're from Highland New Jersey Their seventh album Trip Around the Sun came out in late 2018 Listen to their song Vibrations on Spotify you will dig it check out the link on our website the500podcast.com and if you're in a band and we're directly influenced by one of these albums or artists and you want your music featured on the 500 send your song to 500podcasts at gmail.com and make sure you put the album and artist that influenced you in the subject line next week is George Harrison week with his 1970 album and man is it a kadoozy? all things must pass It's a beautiful record, guys. It's a long one, so do your homework. Listen to the album on Spotify. Stay fleecy. Dougal, Dougal. The number you have reached is one hundred point seven WMMs.
1: It wasn't just a radio station; it was a life. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll
0: city for sure. Yeah, down. Do like down the wrath of the buzzard WMMs, Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles: The Wrath of the Buzzard. P R O H Files. Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts.